Hi, my name is Ayumide. Welcome to the World Without People podcast, where we journey into some pretty amazing stories of everyday people. I believe strongly in the interconnectedness of our human experience, that we can color and enrich our lives by sharing and learning from our lived experiences. In this concise podcast, I bring to you engaging conversations like a chapter in a vibrant book designed to motivate and encourage and challenge and, of course, brighten your day. My guests also get to ask me one question, and there's no telling what they might come up with. So thank you for tuning in. Grab your coffee or tea or listen on the go to some amazing stories of real people. After all, what is a world without people? and welcome to another episode of The World Without People. My name is Ayamide and I'm so excited. I always say this, I'm always excited, but I feel like I'm always really, truly, genuinely excited because I get to have really interesting conversations with really amazing people. And today I have none other than Osaze. That's the full name, Osaze Ibrahim, right? I said it right? Did I say it right? No, I took out the O for people like you that can't pronounce my name. (laughs) Saza is just fine. So Saza No, but I need no 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 no. I need to know the full name. I need if you to want know to know the full name is Osazeme. It's an Osazeme. O, not an o. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm a girl now, so you know you have to pardon that. No excuse. Osazeme. No, that's easy now. Osazeme. Perfect. Osaze. Yeah, I just, you know, be, yeah, going into my yeah, Let's see how you get, get on with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's actually Next easy, time. honestly. I just need to remember. No, Osaze um, Ibrahim is just fine. Thank you so much for joining me, sis. I'm sure today's conversation is going to be so much fun. <laughs> but we're going to start from the beginning. Actually, no, let me, let me start from something fun that I've noticed. Talk to me a little bit about that David Beckham poster that you had in your... <laughs> Wow. wow, I know you, you I that with that one. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> no, no, I think, so I love, I love, I'm like, I'm a voracious consumer of media. I love to read. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to watch movies, watch documentaries, watch TV, like anything, anything that can be absorbed, I am absorbing. So mm-hmm. I think I sort of challenge myself, like, as a way to just kind of, do something what I'm watching because I was like, I'm watching like 500 things a year. Let me like have a visual diary to kind of just catalog what's happening there. So I give like little comments and like my thoughts on things when I see them. Um, also just so that I can also um, have a have a almost diary of the of what I thought about these things before I got influenced by other people. The Beckham mm. documentary was an interesting one because I am the biggest David Beckham fan ever. Like, I, in fact, I counted like when I was at, a levels, I think I had like seven David Beckham photos, like posters. Like I love the guy, his fashion. Even when everybody was yabbing him, I was like, this is the guy. He gets it. <laughs> he's emotional. He's sensitive. For his man, you know, all of those good things. Um, but the, so I was primed for this documentary, and then I watched it. And funny enough, like everybody's been raving incredibly um, well about it, saying it's really amazing, you know. I mean, and people that I would respect, and I watch it, and I'm just like. 
what are we doing here? Like episode one, episode two. I'm like, but I was here. I I know these things. It wasn't. This sounds like, you said that. Yeah, because here. this is like it was, it was given revisionist history, right? And I'm like, I was there. Like the, I mean, the the British public are renowned for their vitriol and their vile. Like they will mm-hmm. give it to you. They're probably the harshest media markets in my world, in my opinion, just because mm-hmm. they are so they with their tabloids. I mean, literally, English is also their language, so they will demolish you with words. So I'm like, this is not special. This happens right. all the time to British celebrities. Like, it's ups and downs. And on some level, especially when you court media attention, you must right. be ready for all of this, especially as a British person in the British media. So I was a bit like, why is... This was not a thing, honestly. Like, the truth of the matter also was that... I, and I don't think they spoke enough about, about, about that, like... What was happening with him and Posh? Like these were, they were like it was like two ginormous media moments clashing and sort of creating this ginormous Titanic, you know, thing happening. And the reality of it was that even though David Beckham was, I mean, he seems to be a pretty simple, straightforward type kind of guy that just happened to be good looking and you know was getting on. Posh, Posh Spice and the Spice Girls were a well manufactured, curated pop and media like juggernaut like nothing right. was just i mean literally before chris jenner there were the spice girls like they were very intentional about everything that they did all their partnerships all of that kind of stuff so i think it was a bit disingenuous to make it seem as though you know there were just these two people who loved each other and you know oh my gosh like we sit in the car and talk yeah me too i sat in the car and talked now but i wasn't quoting you know the tabloid Right. The tabloids i'm quoting popularity so my yeah. thing in all of this was that by all means please be honest with us what, what you're doing and those of us that were alive let's also say what it was so i mean yes i understand the vitriol he got with the argentina red card but the reality mm-hmm. of it was that beckham also as a player he was kind of coming to the to the who was cresting at the time he got with posh fight so he wasn't like in the height of his career and he didn't really have a very very long career like some of the greats again right. my football like knowledge has gone to the drains now but i mean some of the legends the ronaldo's these guys messi these guys are playing peak that they're in their they're in their imperial eras for like you know five ten years beckham didn't really have that and again i don't even think anyone expected it of him like he was responsible and i think as he got older he became captain of the the english national team so it's just like i mean we 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 appreciated what it was that he was but i don't think anybody was there thinking Oh my gosh, like this guy's football. That was that just wasn't the narrative. So for them to come and be painting this story, I'm like, well, we're there. This is like current history. I was there. I can literally tell you what I was doing that summer. And I know what people were saying. It wasn't that big a deal, or it wasn't worse than I mean, when Rooney, oh my gosh, I was at University of Manchester when Wayne Rooney started playing in Manchester. Yes, he was very loved in a different way as well because i guess he was he was probably really the man's man like he was very down down homely what you call it like he was a son of the soil right, right. and he was easy and all of those kinds of things but so i don't think he got as much vitriol but even he got vitriol even though all he did was play football and keep it moving like colleen his babe at the time was you know she, she was trying to be a wag and they were young but still but it's a wag good. Oh, wives and girlfriends. It was like a really big thing, like in the oh my gosh. 2000s. Yeah, that's what I used to call all them posh. Like to be a wife of a, of a there was a wife of a footballer was like, uh-huh. you've made it. Like you, right. you've made it. Like it's like being like the girlfriend of a rapper now. It was like, yeah, footballers were the things. 
So, so yeah, I think it was just a bit disingenuous. And then, like I said, like you can tell your story anyhow, but it wasn't all even interesting. They could have explored a bit deeper, like what was happening in like culture, like the right. globalization of things as well. Because again, Beckham was the first true sporting superstar. I don't even mm-hmm. think the LeBrons of today even are as big globally as Beckham right. was at the time. Because right. again, Be- Beckham was playing football, which is really the world's um, sport, sport, right? So yeah. anywhere in the world, in the Middle East, in Africa, in Asia, he was ginormous, plus in right. Europe and a little bit in Africa, sorry, mm-hmm. a little bit in America. But for, so I think that was a very interesting idea. And maybe because I come from like a comms marketing branding background, I might, be, you know, that might be more interesting to me. I think they could have explored that a bit more. I mean, I watched a fantastic documentary about the Spice Girls. I forget the name now, but it was incredible. Again, I think the British, in my opinion, do some of the best documentaries. Mm. Okay, that, that's not really saying much because anybody can do a good one. But British documentaries can be really, really good because they can be very honest and very right. cutting and very, they really dig a bit deeper and it's not glamorous and all of that. So, and this documentary about Spices, I think was done by a British company and it was very good at like investigating and interrogating what it meant to be a woman, a young woman who was, you know, somebody reclaiming her power, girl power, even like the, the, the commercialization of that whole girl power thing. Like it wasn't like the Spice Girls really care that much about the girl power. It's just like, it's going to be a rolling call. It will make sense. We can sell with this. Let's go. But there's nothing wrong in that. Just call it Absolutely. what it is. Don't mind tell us something else when we were there. So that was my own thing with you. I was just like, I love this guy. I really wish someone would do like a deep dive. And I think all the, the way they just glossed over like the affairs, the affairs were quite a big thing in my opinion. If I remember well, because at that time people really didn't like cheat on spouses. Like footballers were very straightforward people. Like they went to work, they played football, and they went back home, right? So the Beckhams were very salacious in that in that way. And for them to act, and it wasn't one affair. If I'm not, I think they were oh. a couple of affairs. Yeah. So it was oh, like wow. we need to act like this thing did not happen. You went to a cabin, you talked, and then you drove. I'm like, but we this is not the story now. Like I said, my guy, I loved the Beckham. I I think I'll continue to love him. He'll be fine, you know, and people mm-hmm. love the documentary. But for me, as a day one supporter, I was just a bit like, this is not quite right. No, that is so funny because I was, you even went in farther into this whole thing about your your write-ups around the movies and documentaries. And like you said, you're a consumer of so much art. And I'm always like, can I go back to find it? So since you're saying you, you have a journal, do you have it highlighted on your stories? Cause- I try to do that, actually. Come to think of it. I think I, I did one for art. I did one for movies and TV shows and maybe podcasts. But I, I'll, I'll double check. But yeah, I should actually put them there. Because sometimes I look for them as well and I forget because right. the algorithm on Instagram for search is so bad. But <laughs> that's a different conversation that we're not right. having today, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But no, this is, what's it called? This is awesome because I think it gives us or it gives listeners a little bit of background or what's the word? What's the word I'm trying to look for? A little bit of context. Yeah, no, not context. I, I want to say a little bit of idea of who you are or who my guest is, but I'm not saying that's English right right now. It's early in the morning over here. I just want you to know I'm a late late night person. Like, I think... You're nocturnal. Exactly. Did we did we talk about that? Are we similar? I, I feel like we did, yeah. It's <laughs> not, the world is not built for us. Like, I too, I'm like a night owl. Like, I do my best. I'm the most productive at, like... 10 11 p.m like i love to be up till four like i feel accomplished when i go to bed at four because i watch tv i've listened to stuff i've written stuff i've worked so yeah but the world doesn't like us they tell us to wake up early and i'm like that's just who wants that 
Seriously, I saw Trevor Noah the other day and he's like, I think somebody asked him from the audience, would he run for president? And he says all the reasons why he won't. But one of it was that he's also not a morning person. And he's like, the first thing he will banish is mornings. Like the day should start at like noon. I'm I like, agree. you see, I will vote for you. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think, I think that was one of the most shocking things as a mom, like being a mom, like mm. having to wake up in the morning. Like mm. I, I, I never woke up. I don't think I ever woke up early in my life. I just have never operated in that way. Like mornings were always a struggle. I feel like even when I was at university, I have been picking subjects that started at like, like, you know, courses that started like in the afternoon. I just, right. I'm not a nice person in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, I, I, I'm also like a very slow riser. So even if I, even though, even if I wake up, I'm going right. to, I need like an hour to not do anything but it's like you have a child and this child jumps in i love you but babes not but i'm really fortunate my husband is is a morning person like the guy is is impressive so Mm -hmm. i guess we're able to like you know juggle things and kind of divvy things up and everything so and we have like a housekeeper that helps out as well so the mornings are not so bad but like god knows having to get to work in the morning is every time my my, my soul actually shouts like as i drive my daughter to school the days i have to my soul screams like what are you doing and I kept thinking, you know, it would change, you know, I, I even because I'm very much about like self-development and all that. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I could be a morning person. I think I maybe two years ago, I was just like, you know, not a morning person, never going to happen, uninterested in becoming one. And I'm going to look to plan my life accordingly. I'm still struggling with that. My very first guest, Olu, you know, he talks about how we need to shape our lives, right? And and design our lives for basically better functioning, right? And I think one of the things he had recommended or two things that I, I took was reading audiobooks or listening to audiobooks just because that way you're not forced to say, oh, if I can't spend time, right? You can at least still get booked yeah. in. And then the second thing was also that morning uh, thing because again, you know, even working out for example for me I struggle with working out because if I don't do it in the morning and I've started my day and like you said I'm the most functioning at like 11 o'clock and then that's when you now tell me like I have to stop at some points to be able to say I want to go to the gym and that stop mm-hmm. just feels like a break in like activities do you understand breaking transmission and I'm like I don't need this I do not need this interruption let me just get to what I want to do especially if I'm just starting my day at like two o'clock you know I I mean I think everything Olu your guest Olu said makes sense I think what has happened, I think, in the past couple of years is just really interrogating who you are. So mm. in building the perfect life, I think you have to be very honest and true to yourself. What mm. does the perfect life for you, for you look like? Now, mm. all the productivity coaches, all the professional gurus will tell you, get up in the morning, early, write, journal, exercise. It's like, what is that for you? Mm. Chances are probably not. Again, the reality is I actually know people that function fantastically brilliantly i have a friend she's a super high flying executive she's a lawyer she wakes up in the morning happy like this babe has done her work the day she works from home she might have finished work at like 8 a.m and then she starts to do errands and i'm like why when we were younger we'll go out clubbing and when you come back that's the best time for me let's just go up she's like no i'm going to bed and she will really go to bed if you're going out at night she'll take a nap 
at like maybe 8.30 and at 10 o'clock she's ready again because she's not a night person at all. So there are people like that and that works fantastically for them. But I think there are people like us that do that does not work for us. And I think it takes a lot of strength of character and even like belief in yourself to say, what does my own ideal life look like, right? So that that way you're planning what makes sense for you. There's no point, like honestly, I think it was like two years ago or something, or maybe last year even, a friend of mine, Wana, she's like an amazing poet. She said, you know, how are you making life? She said something along the lines of, how are you contributing to your own, like, suffering? Like, how Mm. are you making your own life harder? And it really made me take a step back and be like, why? Like, why are you doing these things? Look at yourself. What what comes easily to you? Now, honestly, now I'm just like, if it's not... If it's not easy, I'm not interested. Right. I, I have no interest whatsoever in doing anything that is hard. People say, yeah, self-discipline. Me, I went to boarding school in Ubeko, in Edo State. There's no <laughs> discipline I will learn there that, that I didn't learn there that I'm going to learn now. So, I, see, I've been in the trenches. I can do all of that stuff. But now, do I enjoy it? No. Mm-hmm. Am I going to live my life prioritizing things I don't enjoy? No. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out what's going to work good well for me and then kind of plan my life accordingly i mean i even have a user manual this is really interesting i think it's like a silicon valley thing or maybe it's gone in other places now but the idea is that people should come with user manual so when you come into a new team or someone comes into your team they don't have to figure out you know spend months oh does she understand what i'm saying oh did she say that was she funny or she was trying to be cheeky like it's like i don't understand so I literally have a manual that has the different things about me. Like, this is how I like to operate. This is how I like to get information. You know, send me. Please don't send me an email to say. I mean, you could send me an email saying for your information. But by all means, tell me. So I read this. This was interesting. This was a takeaway. This is what I think we should do next. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Please just don't be sending me things unnecessary. I, I don't really want to read and try to figure out, especially when I don't understand. So I think I think it's the, the user manuals. Those things make you really go back to yourself and be like, why am I doing what the things that I do? What is important to me? What does a good life look like? And then how can I build and optimize for that as opposed to what society tells me a good life is supposed to be? Love it. And as you guys may have noticed, we just jumped into it. I didn't even do background. I didn't do anything. Oh gosh. <laughs> let me quickly tell you, Osazeme. Did I say it right now? Just, just honestly. So I'm also very particular about my name. There's like a quote that says, your name is the most beautiful sound in the world. I agree. And it is. I agree. And all my life, all my life, I have, my name has been butchered. Or Sayonde, or Vazie, or Saz. It's like, no, guys, I just said, it was like, at this point, I'm almost like, you know, call me Saz. Just so you can't spoil the name. Like, I think it breaks my skin. It makes me so pained when I hear my name wrongly pronounced. So please, that's why it's just Okay, so we're going to do Saze for this, but we're going to spend time on this because I'm not like, did I say it wrong now the second time? Did I really? Oh, fuck you, just anything oh, you go with. I go collect. Wait, no, say it. No, did I say, oh, I didn't say oh again, right? Oh, no, it's no, it's oh. Oh, yeah, that's what you said, right? It's oh, not oh. I literally said it's oh. Oh, it's oh, 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 okay, oh, 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 okay, oh, don't worry, I've written it down, I'm going to get it, but, you know, for functionality's sake, I'm going to stick with Saze today, <laughs> but let me tell you how we met, right, so we actually met through my brother, who you had come to visit, right, I happened to be in Nigeria at the time, and honestly, sometimes like you meet people and I don't even think we talked so much, but sometimes you meet people and you're like, oh, you know, let's keep in touch. And honestly, 
I I always feel like I'm I'm cautious, right? Not necessarily because of anything, but I'm just cautious about friendships, right? I can be very, very slow into friendships. But we had a lot of, I don't even think we talked again. Like I said, I don't think we talked that much. But because I knew your sister who was in Michigan when I was in Michigan, well, she went to the Ann Arbor campus. I should just be clear. I went to the, the cheaper campus. Let me just confess. <laughs> But shout out to University of Michigan, Dearborn, the best, best, hey. best school ever. <laughs> Repping for the UM. I mean, what do you, how do you say it? I don't know. So, hello and so Maze. Maze and Blue. I'm so passionate about their school. I love it. Hello and Maze. Maze and Blue, sorry. The Maze and Blue. Love no, it. Love it. No, you guys are so passionate about your school. I don't think there's any university that loves, any university alumni that loves the university, like University of Michigan, guys. Best school ever. <laughs> But yeah, so Amaya and I had gone to, well, we were in school at the same time or whatever. And, you know, there's very few Nigerians, especially back in the 2000. And God, do you know that? I, I'm amazed at the fact that I graduated at 2008. Like, it's... It's almost 20 years, my dear. <laughs> oh, no, my gosh. And anyways... <laughs> You know, and it's funny. I, I mean, I knew she had sisters, but I don't know. Somehow, somehow, I guess we never met and everything. So I think that was like, for me, it was like, it, it was enough to be like, oh, I will say hi. And that's it. That's all I did. I said hi. And she's like, oh, come over. Let's talk. And honestly, <laughs> like, you can now find a better big sister, like, just instantly. Like, Gosh, I have already cried. I already cried in front of her. Like, we were talking <laughs> career, which is what we said we were going to come and talk about here, that we've talked yes. about everything. But, <laughs> but literally, like, honestly, I think for me, it was really refreshing to meet someone. Uh, you know, I always tell people I'm very lucky in friends and family that love me. I'm spoiled. I'm very, very loved. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. even have that. Oh, people have haters, all of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's not my life. And if there are, like, shout out to you. Thank you for being <laughs> I don't know in you. the background. <laughs> you know, like, thank you for being in the background and not showing yourself. I appreciate you. But no, I think for me, it's, it's not very often that I've met a lot of people. And this is, what, two years? I think this was 2021, maybe, that we no, met. I think it was 2022, actually. You see? Can you imagine? this year. Right, and I literally, I've been to Nigeria, and I will not even see people that are like my blood. And I've seen her like every time, you know. And I think one of the things, and I'm sure you guys already heard it, which is what I guess I was trying to say preview that's the word a preview into who you are. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like that's what I was really trying to. That's the word, though. Anyways, you guys can see how wise she is, right? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today. Because I think you've already even touched on some of it. But one of the things that we had talked about early on was burnout, right? And burnout in career. At the time, you were taking kind of like a mini break from work, which that's bold, bold. I sometimes think maybe it's like, I'm sure you, you'll correct me, but you know, sometimes maybe it's like, oh, because you have a partner, you can take time. Me, I'm like, my, I have to pay bills. There's no partner. <laughs> Like, if it's not forced, like, my last job forced me to because the company ended, but whatever. But, like, if it's not forced, I may go, I need to work. You know, I, I wanted us to talk about burnout. You know, I, I always do research, do some research before each episode. And, you know, I saw everything from caregiver burnout, parental burnout, which, for example, like you just talked about, if you have to be waking, why do these kids go to school so early? Maybe we should I, start. Long story. I, I think 
I mean, I think many people, I think most people are morning people. So again, right. we're just we're just the outliers in this world. So the world you can't. It's almost my my daughter is left-handed, and it's mm. only when she started like moving around and realized this world was made for right-handed people. It's mm. not for right. Like little things mm. like the door. If you're left-handed and you need to put a key in and lock, like it's just mm. very very different. There's so many things like even pencils. We mm. write from left to right. There's so many things that are made for that. And that's just, and I guess it's just, it's the law of outliers, right? Or it's the law of means. So at the end of the day, it's like mm. more people like that. I mean, I think it's mostly, most people are morning people. I think many right. children are morning people as well. They're so excited for life. They they jump out of bed like, world, look at me. Today's going to be a great day. So I think for right. many people, just like, yeah, drop them in school and then you can start your day. And then the hope is that your day can, or the, the, the work day should be finished by about four or five so right. the hope is that you can spend some time with your family before it's time to go back to bed. I mean, those of us that live in Lagos, that's a different story. Those in Abuja, they're the ones really enjoying. That kind of makes sense because now that you say it, I never actually noticed that for my brother. My brother is also left-handed. And to be fair, they tried to make him right-handed, but somehow, somehow it didn't work. I do think he can write with his right, though, because they they really did try. Yeah, it is a generational thing. Like, I mean, right. I mean, I know even my... Even it was a bit of a shock in my family because nobody is in my family and my husband's no no one in our families that we know of are left-handed. So we're a bit right. surprised at where it came from. But fortunately, I think my dad was very in high school. Maybe my dad might even have been left-handed because he kind of alluded to the fact that he could you know he could do. And I was like, oh okay. And he was very like supportive. I know there was even an uncle. I mean, very very good naturedly he was like oh no she needs to know how to write with her with her right and my right. dad said oh no 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 that, that, they, they don't do that anymore like no nah. mm. he just kind of, no they don't do that no that's right. not the cool thing to do at all so <laughs> i think there was support there and i think in today's world just so many people like it's not it's really not not a big deal and i think yeah. we're a lot more a lot more open and welcoming to differences in our children and in people you know so it's not like your child doesn't have to be anyways like oh that's just how they are that's how they are end of story and people move on really yeah no that's awesome but yeah so like we're saying burnout in friendships with family caregiver burnout parental burnout and i'm like huh i don't think i have taken stock and and literally we just kind of came up with this conversation yesterday yeah. well whenever you, you listen to this it doesn't matter but like we literally just <laughs> talked and we're like huh that's one thing that I don't know that I've explored I don't mm. know if I will ever say that I have been burnt out except for one place the church mm. and so we'll talk about that mm. I know I know it's very interesting I realized that because I'm like I can't count how many times I've been to a physical church building since COVID and that's kind of interesting. And oh, COVID mm. brought its own, you know, type of burnout, yes. I guess, maybe in other areas as well. But I, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, especially, I guess, give us a little bit of carrier background and then talk about, you know, that feeling that you had, you had, experience you'd had. Yeah. So I'm also kind of bad about talking, talking about myself in that way, especially like career. Like I've also done a lot of work to, to remove my career self from myself and not have that mm. kind of define me. So this is probably the worst question at the wrong, worst time <laughs> to ask me. But I mean, what, 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 what am I? Like, I'm, I'm very, uh, let me see. Ultimately, I'm very excited about figuring out creative ways to 
tell people about ideas, experiences, businesses, products, services. So that kind of places me very firmly in the marketing communication side of things. I, I love to figure out creative ways to share stories and, you know, to inform people, educate them, delight them, all of those good things. So I've had a career that spanned quite a lot. Like, in fact, I think now I am comfortable in saying I, I don't know anyone that has switched industries more often than I have. I am genuinely <laughs> shocked. This was not the plan in any way, shape or form. I had no idea I would be moving from one industry to the other, but opportunities came up and they've all sort of been really, really incredible. I've also been very fortunate to be, I don't know, because now that you're asking, I'm asking, I'm always wondering, I mean, my plan was definitely not to take long breaks or even go on entrepreneurial journeys or, you know, this kind of company I want to work for. I think I come from like a, I would say a banking family. My family generally are like bankers. I know my mom was like in the civil service before she passed away. But yeah, like my family, if it's like what's the family business is kind of banking finance. And um, so I just thought, oh, I'll go to school and I'll, you know, I, I studied economics. Fortunately, I really enjoyed economics. I think it's one of the best degrees ever. I encourage everybody to study it. <laughs> and study it at the University of Manchester, which is actually the best university uh, in the world. Woo, I was woo. in Manchester a couple of days ago, and I saw, and I think we passed through there. Nice. No way, no way, no. It's, it's the best campus in the world. Like it literally has like seven universities in a three-mile radius. It's incredible for like young people, yeah. and you will find your tribe. If there was anything that Manchester was great about, was finding your tribe. But I think I. I just thought, you know, I'll work at PwC or something, like just, you know, just something. And then I think as time was going, I was like, hang on, I really don't like accounting at all. <laughs> I mean, I ended up, I mean, I'm very interested in like psychology, in like global development, global politics. I think my specialization was in global economics. No, what's it? developmental economics is what it, what it was called. And I don't know what it's called called now but I think very quickly I was like I think I'm a bit more creative than this and then I used to organize shows when I was at university I started selling t-shirts at some point moved back to Nigeria continued selling them they were doing quite well and I was like yeah I, I, I don't want to be an accountant like that much I'm sure of and I just didn't realize that's what people at PwC and KPMG did I thought oh and I tried to be a management consultant but that just it didn't quite click. I just was I just wasn't getting what they were doing. I just didn't get it. But then in hindsight, I think everything career wise has always actually come to me. Like I do genuinely believe in in serendipity and luck and fortune and the universe honestly conspiring. Because like I said, like my first job, I was literally at NYC camp and somebody just said, Oh, they're recruiting, <laughs> you know, NYC camp, they're like, oh, foreign trained. <laughs> they're recruiting <laughs> foreign trained. Oh, just, I was like, oh, sure. I didn't have a job. I, I didn't even, I, this, I guess when you're like, well, how, was, how old was I when I did NYC? I can't remember. But these things were just not, just not the things I was thinking about. And then right. I'd gone to, so I just went in, literally, somebody, the guys from the Abuja Technology Village had literally parked their pickup van. And they were just doing interviews. So people were just saying, oh, just go. Then I had a really good interview with um, a guy, Abdul Karim, who was really, really good. I was very excited what they were trying to do. It was, for me, it was even interesting. So Manchester has a very strong and historied computer engineering and engineering side of things. Like, in fact, there's like a whole, they went to and became their own university, but I think they're back now. You missed, I think the first computer was like in Manchester as well. So like when I was at Manchester, oh yeah. And by the way, okay. And my sisters went to university at one in Michigan, like you mentioned, the other one at Stanford. And mm. at Stanford, like this whole tech thing was very new and exciting. But again, it was very tech, right? right? So 
I was very interested in like how people were using because I, I love information. So the reason why I, I am such a media junk is because I genuinely, my brain works best when I have like multiple reference points. It's like I'm connecting mm. those all the time, you know, I'm understanding mm. all of that. And I always thought, I thought the internet was just incredible for just like just moving that to like the 10th percent or moving that to the 10th degree, like just extrapolating on like ginormous scales and everything. So I didn't see a bit of that. And I was reading, I was reading a lot, but I just felt like tech was not for me. So imagine me coming to Nigeria and then the Abuja economic village are like, oh yeah, come on board and be like, I think I was business development analyst or something. I was like, what really? I can be in tech, and it was a really fun ride. We had such good times. And um, Bill Gates had just like I think broken the ground because this the idea for Abuja Technology was this beautiful like, idea of having like a working like even before all of these tech cities were a thing like they were already thinking mm. to have the, in part of the Abuja master plan to have like this work and work and play and you know work play what is what's the and live type kind of building. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This kind of area and everything like that. So it was really good. I got to work on a number of things, everything from like core marketing and comms to like, you know, developing the the incubator program that we had, like working with different people. So it was just really exciting. I was like, oh, wow. So I can actually be in tech because I really do believe in the power of tech. Like genuinely, I think that's the thing that is causing incredible leapfrogs. Like Africa went from no landlines to 100% mobile penetration. Like we right. leapfrogged the entire thing. So I think there's so many opportunities for that. And I was just very excited. So I think even with that, it was like, I didn't really think, I mean, I knew I liked these kinds of things, but I didn't even think I could even work in that. Talkers of actually getting the opportunity. And when the opportunity came, I was very fortunate to, you know, work there and really kind of work in that kind of capacity and do. And then I kind of just moved on like that. Like things were just coming up. I mean, it's funny. I, I worked with a a vision architect last year and one of the mm. things that became very clear was that every single role I've had has actually been from a recommendation mm. but I guarantee you I have sent out like my LinkedIn sometimes like I laugh like you'd be like you sent out like 300 applications and I'm like wow. all the jobs you ever gotten in your life have all and because she made me do like an exercise to say you know tell me about every single thing how did it come to you and, and again this thing about your mind, the universe, you kind of speaking into existence, the things that you want and really thinking about what, what serves you, what you want, as opposed to what's kind of available. But I didn't really believe that for a long time because I'm just like, ah, you just be chopping life that I won't work at. I beg you, please, let me just do my best and apply and be a chester blast and network and all these things. And I've come to realize that, again, ease and simplicity is what I want in my life. So I will tell the universe what I want. I will do my work, you know, I'll do what I need to do. Luckily, I also like to meet people, I like to talk to people. So I do a lot of informational interviews. I literally have like a, I have a spreadsheet for this whole thing. Like literally I talk to, to everybody from people that work at Disney to Apple to, I think like pretty much everywhere. I told mm. somebody because I made a list of, you know, where I might want to work at, what mm. I want out of the roles and spoke to people. And some of these things are really good because they're very eye-opening because all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you thought this was going to be your Eldorado. It is actually going to be Hellfire. So right. I know my dream job in my mind was this company that is global, huge. My background fitted in, like everything just seemed perfect. And then miraculously, somebody knew like a super duper top person there working in this region which is quite rare for that organization and I had a great conversation with that person and at the end of it I was like oh 
this is jumping from frying pan to fire. I will not be applying or going to work in this company. So that's been, that's been quite helpful as well. But to bring right. it back to burnout, I think I've always been a very hard worker. If there's anything, I, I, am, I work hard. If you ask anybody, everywhere I've worked at, Oh, what about Sazai? Oh, she's very hardworking. She's like, she gets, she gets shit done. You know, I do my work. I take a lot of pride in that. Again, I think maybe just being the first child, having a super accomplished father. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's par for the course. What, what were you supposed to do before, if not excel? Please get on with excelling. So that was not the problem. But I think what real, what, what happened was that I think I had to, I had to really, a number of things were happening in my life and I had to really take a step back and again, go back and say, why am I doing these things? How are they serving me? And what are they doing to my mind and to my body? I mean, I think having a child is one of those times that makes you really be like, hey, 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 what are we doing all of this for? What is the point of all of this? Then as time goes on, like even your own body starts to do things to you, you know, you start getting ill and you're like, why am I ill? You know, people always say, oh yeah, you can get sick from stress. It makes me like, these are just lazy people. Get out. What do you mean? Only for Tazai to be sick from stress. And I'm just like, and you didn't even cure cancer yet. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you were sick. It's a bit ridiculous. And I think your body, if you don't listen, your body will shut you down by yourself. And before right. you know what's going on, you're like, oh, you know, I really could have, you know, slowed down or changed the boundary or, or set even better boundaries and things like that. So I think life has just come at me. I, I mean, I continue to be super humble and super excited by life if I'm very honest with you and I don't really I don't believe in like being hard it's like just why again why why am I going to be hard who am I proving anything to I really don't care I really don't want to I have nothing to prove to anybody really genuinely I am working for the audience of one which is me I'm very fortunate there was a time when I had a lot of turmoil in my life when I was younger and I know what it is to not have peace of mind and I know when I said I have peace of mind like probably when I was in university and I was like oh my god like peace of mind my like you cannot buy that and I think for a long time I had peace of mind but then I think other things sort of came in and I wasn't having peace of mind and after a while I was like you know what yeah you need to you need to stop that because you know what not having peace of mind is like you know what it's like what are you going to choose what are you going to do so yeah I think I think I've been very fortunate that I'm a hard worker and everything but I've also had to learn that Work does not define me. Like, it genuinely doesn't. I used to be one of those weird people that when I meet people, I'll be like, Ugh. you know, people go and check on your Instagram. Me, I'm just like, I go on your LinkedIn. Hmm. They just went to a tier two school. Hmm. They went to London University. Hmm. I was, in fact, I pray, I, every day I pray that God should remove it from my mind that I shouldn't be a university snob. Like, I'm such an academic snob. Again, I, I blame it on my father, absolutely. Like, do you know that that guy, still believes that Manchester is not, like it's like Manchester is not a real university for economics. Like it's not, but that's because he comes from like the Chicago School of Economics and Manchester is like a socialist school through and through. So it's just oh, like okay. all these market economics we are talking about. It's, we are the ones that know. So we have all these like spirited debates about economics. Really interesting, really exciting. But I really pray to God that I don't have the spirit of like looking down on university because it really doesn't matter. Like again, life has also shown me, I know people that went to the most, I mean, let's not downplay universal. Like some of the most like, huh? You paid school fees for that? And they are vice presidents at the leading, you know, financial companies today. <laughs> Nothing has happened to them. Right. Nothing. They, they haven't even changed. Right. In fact, I even know some super right. dumb people. They don't know anything, but they are vice presidents of this, you know, CEO of that. So it's not by that. I've also come right. to realize that it's not by that. All this mm-hmm. grab you are doing, you wound yourself. Just relax, you know? 
do your best yeah. <laughs> you know put it out in the universe as much as you can talk to people tell people what your dreams and aspirations are and hope that things will come mm. together that said mm. <laughs> with regards to like finances because that's the other big thing many people do say you know you can't do that i mean fortunately i've always been frugal like Again, I can't, I'm the daughter of an accountant. My father does not, does not believe in unnecessary cash. Everything is paid for in advance. I, I, in fact, I'm, I guarantee you he had our school fees, like international school fees in some fixed deposit account that was to vest like the years that we we're going to university. That's like how structured my dad is. So I, I was fortunate awesome. to learn that. My mom also was very, very frugal. Like my mom sees, she'll be like, oh, there's some, like maybe there's half a bowl of ogolo, half a bowl of egusi. We're going to mix it together to make a new soup. I'm like, mommy. This is not like what is this? Like I never forget. Like we never had like junk food at home. So every time we go to like visit our our cousins or like to our friends' houses that had junk food, we'd be like they are so rich. Oh my gosh! Like so my friends were just like for what processed food? You can make Gary, my friend, go and eat that. Do you get what I mean? So the, so I'm fortunate that I came from these very my parents were very down to so very humble. They didn't really send like they're just whatever. They really did not give a damn, like my dad said about my mom. They didn't have anything to prove to anybody. Fortunately for them as well, they were very, very successful professionally. And I would even say financially from when they were very young. I mean, they came from Benin, so it's not like they were bowling or anything like that, but they've they've been a good life. And I think Nigeria then was also quite different. I mean, I think at some point my dad was like probably the youngest MD in Nigeria. So he he was fine, right? But um, more than anything else, they always lived at one level, if that makes any sense, and often well below their means just because, and I think I learned a lot of that. And then, so even living my life, I've always been quite frugal. I'm quite good with money. Like I have a friend that she's always like, I don't understand how you do this. Like how? Because I will find the Mm -hmm. deal. I will find the way. I'm quite good with money. And unfortunately, I also got married to someone who's equally good with money, like super responsible. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not, I mean, and also apart from even being responsible, also very generous because I mean, another thing, because again, I, I, my father expected me to go to school and go and do very well. So if you're at home and you're not working, it's like, what's that? What, what does that even mean? And then in my mind, I'm like, would the man now be giving me money? Like, for what? But then fortunately, I met my husband. He was really cool. He still is cool. I never forget, like, one time I was going to America and he gave me, like, the, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you Nigerian girls have been enjoying because the boys I used to date in Jan, ah. Which one are they going to like? What was that? But like, you get like just very responsible, just the right thing at the right time and everything. So I'm very fortunate in that, and luckily we're aligned in that way. So money wise, we we try to live well below our means. We try to save. We try to put things in place. It, it doesn't mean that it's not hard. That sometimes when we we have gone through super tough times as well, like in fact, me and my husband sometimes laugh that <laughs> if we wrote our book, people would be like, "How?" Like you know when they, you know those memes that say. People always think you're rich, and that's our problem. People think we have money. It's like, bitch, we don't, we don't dance, and we don't dance it like that. But I think we've always been very clear about what was important. So the things that are important to us, like, like our daughters, like education, we never ever we will do whatever is necessary to get her to wherever we think is best for her. And you know, money is never going to be an issue. It's just that's just the cost of doing business. If to us, if you're gonna have a child, I think we maybe prioritize like holidays and exploration. Because that really fuels our lives and everything. But we're pretty big. I mean, our car is really simple. Like, we share a car. We've shared a mm-hmm. car, like, the entire time we've been married. And we've married for yeah. a while now, actually. Maybe, like, I forget, nine, ten years. But we've shared a car. Yeah, ten we shared, years. We shared a car. You gotta do a thing. You gotta I, do I don't a, know about that. I'm not, we're not really... 
See, so it's funny with us. So technically, me and my husband celebrate when we started dating. Not really the marriage, uh, just to us. Okay. Our marriage is yeah, it's important, but we just feel like that just that was just like an arbitrary. We need to find a date between Easter and Ramadan. The, the year we got married was literally. I think we got married on. <laughs> Easter Saturday because Ramadan was starting the Monday after Easter Sunday, so it's like we just need a date. And then I think my sister was getting married as well. And then we, get, so just like oh, we just need a date that works. That is, is, you know what I mean? So it was a bit arbitrary, and like, we've never really taken it honestly. We never really taken our wedding day very seriously. We take. Mm-hmm. The day we started dating, when it was like, yeah, we're intentional. You know, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I you know, I'm like, Aww. I'll think about it. No, I don't even know how to post it. I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. So, so we're very fortunate that we're aligned in that, that we're right. we're clear about that. And I get you, you know, you go through hard times. It also shows you the kind of person that you're with. You know, yeah. I mean, something that I was a little bit worried about was like, I don't want to be with someone that's going to like lord money over me or like be mm-hmm. raising shoulder because of money unfortunately my husband is not like that i mean so it's just like yeah we're good it's like you know when times are good we roll when times are not so good we shall figure it out and we somehow keep existing and you know keep going so we're fortunate in that regard but i think knowing that life is for living and knowing that again maybe i should say my mom died very young so i'm very aware that you can die like it's not even mm-hmm. special People, there are people that are going through life. They literally have their mommies and daddies. They have their grandparents. I'm like, wow, how cute of you. Like me, I, I think I, I've lost like my grandmom, my mom, my grand. I it literally, it literally is like no one, not, not too many elders are left. So I know that life is not guaranteed at all. Like you can die tomorrow and nothing will happen. Everything will continue. Life will go on. So I think from a very young age, I've always been very aware of that as well. Like, there's no need to be stressing yourself too much about stuff. And, you know, oh, you know, I want to delay. I mean, by all means, delay your gratification, but live as well so that if you died, you genuinely can say, I lived a good life. There's nothing I would have done differently. And I think that's been like a really big thing for me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. You, you touched on something, though, that I want you to talk about real quick, which is like, you know, separating your identity from your career, right? And I also think, again, as we've discussed in the past, as first children, (laughs) separating (laughs) that identity or or that responsibility, maybe, I don't even know what the word is, from who you are. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because I, those are two things or two areas I've definitely struggled with. Hmm. I mean, so because my mom died super young, I was like mommy of the house, you know, and I mean, I I, I didn't mind it. I, I didn't really know any different. Like, yeah, I, I was just kind of mommy of the house and I just kind of got on with stuff. Right. But I think I think it was when I was at A levels because that was the first time I was away from home fully for like a long time. Or maybe I was just in a different country. Maybe that's what it was. But I was just and I, I was seeing like my own mates, like these guys. The most important thing to them was if they were going to get a Mini Cooper or a Beetle for their birthday. I'm like, these people are moving through life without a care. And me, I'm there. Oh, you know, I, I, can, I, I can I bought like the prom gowns for my sisters because like, who else was going to buy for us? Like my prom gown, even my auntie told me recently, she's like, hi, somebody in her church promised, somebody in her church promised to make my prom gown. But it was a disaster. Even my auntie was like, that was a disaster, but she tried her best. Do you get what I mean? So for my sisters, are like, ah, you know, we're going to come correct. So I'll go to Friendsbury Park, send pictures, buy something. You know, they would like be 
best dress. So I, I mean, I did all those things and I, I was happy to do them. Again, I didn't know any differently. And I'm very fortunate. My, my siblings, I mean, they annoy me sometimes now, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> but I think like, because we went through a lot and they really did like give, give me a lot of love. They're very, they're very, we were very grateful for what I did for them and everything. So I was willing to kind of do that. But I think at some point I was just like, you know what, Suze, you're, you're 18, 19. And I think there was a lot of, oh, Suze is such a, you know, I, I was, I'm the first of the cousins, for, of many of the cousins in my family mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I have a, an older cousin in my family, but like he's like 10 years older than me. So mm-hmm. in our age group, like, right. you know, I was kind of the one. So there was a lot of Suze is this, you know, a lot of looking up to Suze and, I was just like, you know, but I'm just like a kid, right? Like, you know, I want to make out with boys and I want to go to prom, you know, like I'm not perfect. I can remember, I actually told myself, I don't know, it was, it was definitely something about school because I remember telling my sisters like, oh, I made out with the boy. Because I was just like, I want to show them that I'm not, I'm not like a saint or anything. I can remember one of my sisters, Omoye, Omoye was like, well, how will you marry? So that's a more for you. She's just like very, always very, like, you know, by She's a, a book, very, 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 good girl. Very, very, very good girl. Very good girl. So she was just like, she was at last, like, that's it. How will you marry your girl? I was like, <laughs> I didn't forget that. But I think I, just, I was just very, I just wanted them to know that I was just a regular person. And then I would share, mm. like, when I messed up or if something happened at school. Because before, like, things, so many things happened at school. Let's not even get into that. Like, I've had, like, all sorts of experiences. But I would just kind of shoulder on and, you know, carry. But I would I would tell them. And, you know, I just really was like, you know, I, do, I don't want to be anybody's mom. Like, I'm, I'm, I've been a mom for a long time. I don't want to be that at all. Like, to my cousin, I was just like, you know, I just, I just want to be Saze. I just want to be Saze that does whatever whatever and and i was fortunate that my family allowed me to do that and you know we but i think again as you do grow older relationships have to change just because we as individuals are changing and we're also getting older like so maturity even our siblings that would listen to everything we said to them before now our siblings have gone to all sorts of places they have all sorts of friends they have you know different kinds of universities you know Sometimes, sometimes even my siblings, I'm like, I wish you were like literally from the same mother and father because I could never like this was not my takeaway from the lessons that he taught us. It's just very, very different. But I've I've come to realize that you have to respect them. Like they're not going to be they're not your younger ones. Because I think that was also for me as a first was very my younger ones, right? Like mm. they, you know, I I had more sense than them. Let's really call it spirit space for some time. For some time, well, I actually did it, and I'm just like, oh, actually. You know, game recognized game. You have to respect the process and the fact that people are getting older. You know, like I would go to my sister's house. Like I'm a pretty easy person. I mean, borderline. What's the what's the nice thing to say? I'm untidy, so I don't care. In fact, actually, it's not even that. I like organized chaos. So when things are too perfect, I'm on edge. Like I don't feel comfortable. I need to see clutter. I need to see chink. So like, you know, these homes, like there's a time, or I think it's still the thing now, like the, a beautiful home is like, you know, they'll have those fake Tom Ford book, books and then it uh-huh. goes stuff that's empty. And then, no, no, no. My shelves are full of books. I have mm-hmm. knickknacks from all around the world. I will keep a tissue that somebody wrote something on. I will frame it and put, no, no, no. I love it. Cause I'm just like, I want, I want to, I lived, I have lived a life. I, right, I, want, right. I want my home to reflect. I don't want it to be perfect. Like I don't right. want to be a spa. I can go to a spa. In fact, I'll tell you someone, perfection is a hotel. I like to go to twice a year. Let me go check it out and come back home. It is not for me. I'm not interested in perfection. It's boring. 
it has no life. I just, I'm just mm-hmm. not interested in it. So, mm-hmm. but my sisters are quite tidy. I mean, Omoya is quite tidy. So I can remember the first time, because again, these things, it's, it's not one day it happens. Like university rooms, you know, whatever you whatever you see, just take it like that. But then by the time we started having our own apartments and our own homes, I'm like, Omoya is very particular. Omoya is like, oh, you have to put this thing here. And the first time I'm like, what is this? Like, what was in my dad's house? It's not how we are. We're not, you know, my daddy didn't have a special plate. You know, yeah. he didn't, you just like, you do whatever. But in Omoya's house, like things are tidy and, you know, you clean the, you know, you put things on coasters. I'm just, coasters to me, they're the height of you are actually suburban. And if there's anything in my life I run away from is to be suburban. Even though technically I'm already been, but that's a different story. What I'm trying to make is that if you ever tell me to use a coaster, I'm just like, whoa. I don't have 40 years old, even though I'm almost about to be 40. Look at what I'm even saying. But you get what I mean? It's just like, it's like, says you are literally two years away from 40. Not even that old, but I'm just like, I refuse. I refuse. So these are the things like, I want to wear like, I'm going to wear slippers. I'm going to wear Birkenstocks and I'm not going to wear like fancy Nigerian, what's that designer Nigerians love? Gina. I think those sparkly, there's nothing wrong with them. I like them too. But just like, I just, I want, I want some, I want some dirt. Like I like old things. I like vintage things. But like my siblings are just not like that. And I had to respect and be like, these people are just not used as they like the lessons learned were just different. Accept them as they are and take them in that way. So I think stage one was showing them that I was just a person and I didn't I just didn't want to be, oh, almighty big sister. And then I think like by stage two was like, oh, okay, I need to also figure out how I'm going to be with these people in the way we're living our lives now. Do you get, we're not just siblings. Yeah, we're siblings, but we're also people. We have our families. We have the way that we do, th- the ways that we do things. So I want to be respectful of that. And even, I think I want to, I even told my siblings, I was like, I want us to like literally start to learn each other all over again. You know, things that we might have joked about before, they're not so funny anymore. Like maybe you said something <laughs> you know, when you were 22 and it's like, whatever. But you say it now, maybe you say something silly, maybe to my... I don't know. It could be anything. I just like, at this, no, 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 no. Stop that. It's not a joke anymore. So I think even I have said, you know, let's relearn each other and get to know each other as we are, not who we were before, but how we currently are now, what we like, how we want to be, you know, and all of that. So still, it's still a learning process there. But yeah, I, I think I, my, I guess my own burnout was maybe when I was just a bit younger. Like, I just, I, just, I cannot be a mommy. I don't want to be, I didn't even want to be. That's really a different story. I was just like, I don't, I don't need to be a mother. Like, really, I really don't need to be. So if I'm going to do this, I have to do this with clear eyes. I know I, I didn't want to be like a mom that would just be taking on everything. I really wanted a partner that I could, you know, be a, a co-parent with. I did not want to own all the responsibilities of being a mom or anything like that. So, again, I was fortunate in that regard that everything Lade told me before we got married, he continued after we got married. Because, you know, some people, they'll be changing now. They're like... But I thought we we're co-parents, like, oh, no, you changed the diaper. So we're very, like, like that in that regard. And that was really what I wanted because I was like, I didn't want to be the mom of three kids and have to be this perfect thing. So even my daughter, I'm like, my daughter can say something. Let's, say if we, let's, let's keep it. Like, she, she, because she just say the truth. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's your truth. It's true. It's true. Maybe I'll say, maybe, maybe don't say it like this, you know, because somebody else might hear it and think I might be a bit harsh. But it's like, speak your truth, my dear. Tell the truth. Mommy's like this. It's true. Mommy's like that. Oh, yeah. Next, I don't want her to think my mom is like this perfect person who's quiet and pretty and makes... It's like, no, mommy doesn't do all of that. And you see, you know, when she feels like she'll do, you know, it's just like, yeah, she, she, she's real. And I want her to know that. 
I am a real person and I'm not, I mean, I'm not infallible. I'm just, a, I'm just a real person figuring shit out too. Awesome. I guess the, the way I will ask that is, so right now you are in what I call, what, what do we call it? Basically you're in that middle age where you're a mom given to, you know, yeah. somebody behind you. Mm-hmm. And then you have a dad who is yeah. obviously also getting older, yes. but he has a first child, right? Yes. And so navigating that feeling of kind of being like responsibility in both ways, would you say that that pulls a lot or how are you starting to manage that if you if you started to notice it more, right? Because mm. as your dad gets older and stuff like that, there, there are no. those decisions you have to make with him or make oh, sure yeah. he's making those decisions. No, you know, you're very right. In fact, I think my answer to that is I, I ask for help a lot. Like I, mm. I have no shame whatsoever in asking for help. Like, you know, you were saying how you have an amazing community of friends mm-hmm. and your family. I have an amazing community of friends and family. Like, I know that my work is not to do it alone. Like, my work, right. in fact, even my daughter, there's some things that I'm just like, my work is not that. I am not the fun auntie for my daughter. And that is mm-hmm. fine. I have to mm-hmm. accept it. Like, Eki, my other sister, is mm-hmm. the fun auntie. Like, Eki, my daughter tells my sister things that she won't tell me. It just doesn't right. come up because that's not what our relationship is. And I think... I have let it go. I have no qualms about it. In fact, I'm like, please enjoy that. Have a beautiful relationship. Have these right. rich, enriching relationships so that you know that there are, there's a plurality of people, right? Like there are different people that are different things. Same thing for even like me, my, my friend groups. I, I'm so fortunate to live with some of my closest friends. Like within, like we literally live, all three of us live in walking distance. I mean, I have a lot of friends who don't live in Nigeria, which really breaks my heart all the time, honestly, because it's painful, sure. I'm never going to lie, because I really like my friends. <laughs> I, I really, really like, I have incredible I friends. Some of these friends, I have, had a, I have a friend, Buki. We've been friends since we were six. We mm. met on the playground, and we liked each other because we, I guess we were tomboys, and we didn't take <laughs> on and we used to gather brush people together and so tomorrow when i hang out with her i'm a different person like i feel like it's more like we even though it's my friend she's you know she's kitted out in chloe and you know nice designer she but ah if anything happens ah, she's like so i said yeah let's go we'll run we'll run we'll run we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it you get that kind of thing yeah and i have friends that i have a friend that is the most ladylike you know, like, honestly, she's elegant. She really is an elegant person. And she has two sons. They're rascals. I'm like, I'm like. Look at God. Literally, Look I'm like, God. God was just laughing. They said, ah, let's just, let's finish this one. So I'm like, if my own work with those boys is to be their playful auntie that was a bit mm-hmm. rough with them, you know, I'm going to, like, I will literally, like, in fact, <laughs> children, I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to push you too hard, but I will play with you. Me too, I'm also short. I'm small. So it's not like... <laughs> So I, I play a bit roughly, like I, I play like physical, like I can, I will push you, I will dunk you, all of that. And they love that. And I'm like, yeah. if that's the work I'm doing here, then fine. If I'm, if my work is to be the auntie that's just like, ah, let's just go and get like ice cream. Like mm. I, I, I would almost never say no to ice cream because I'm just like, eat it. If you're tired, right. you drop the ice cream, it's not a big deal. But I know some right. people that are like, oh no, it has to be healthy. I don't want right. them just like, yeah, fine. But if they come to my house, she's okay. No problem. Right. I'll right. do that. So I think. I, I know that I'm in community and I know that I'm not supposed to do this alone. It is impossible. Yeah. It is I've divested for anything that is not easy. Like, mm. why am I stressing myself when there's a whole community? I have brothers-in-law. Do you know my brother-in-law? 
was carrying my six-year-old daughter in England, like in London. I'm like, how can you carry a grown child? It's like, it's amazing. Like, I'm just like, how can, but that's his own in everything. I have another brother-in-law who used to do that for my daughter when he lived in Lagos. And I was like, we don't carry her, but you are doing that. And he doesn't, to him, he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. He will get her anything she wants. He will Mm -hmm. listen to her. He treats her like a baby, even though she's she's six years old. But I can't do that. That is not my work. My work is to provide an enabling environment so that she can thrive and to provide her with opportunities to meet and interact with people and pick what works. I have some of my dad's friends were so pivotal to my life. Like they're so good to me. In fact, the older I get, the more I'm just like, wow, I thank, I thank God. I thank the universe every day that these, like my, they were my father's friends, but my dad is, my dad is a very straightforward, meaning he doesn't have time, but he had a friend that literally just love to go to restaurants. So like every other Sunday, we'll go to a restaurant. So I think I've eaten at every restaurant in Lagos, probably by the time, like when, between the ages of like eight to 12, I probably ate at every restaurant because we would go every other Sunday. And he noticed mm. I like to read. And then he just started giving me books. He'll give me like Tom Clancy books, like ki- books not for kids. Like he would just be like, oh. in fact, when he even passed away, his children were like, oh yeah, dad will want you. Like the books are for you. Like, so I literally, and I was just, I was so, I was so touched because this man saw me in a very, very clear way, you know? So, and I'm, my father couldn't provide that to me. And that's fine. That was not his work. His work was to show me what responsibility meant, you know, was to show me what it meant to be, to have pride and to have integrity. When my dad says something, he, he, he do you get what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't manage. Mm-mm. My dad is straight by the book and he keeps his word. If anything, nobody can say that. Nobody can say that he didn't do. He has done right. what he said he was going to do. So those right. are. So I. I think because of that, I'm just like I'm not going to take on the burden of having to be everything to everybody. Even with my father, I tell you, my father and I didn't have a great relationship for a long time. Miraculously, I start going out with this guy, and my dad is his new best friend. I'm like, mm-hmm. how? Because <laughs> God knows. Because if my husband is not even the most, my husband is not the most. Like he's not like what's the word now? He's not like the most outgoing. Yeah, he's not the most outgoing. He just he's just not that guy, right? But miraculously, he might yeah, he is for you've met him, right? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. my dad, they're like boys. My dad tells him some of the same stories five times. I'm like, me I've told him, Daddy, you told that story last time. But my dad will be like, ah, ah, really? Now, before my dad does anything, he must call Lady. Ah, you know, Lady, you're an engineer. What do you think about this fridge? I'm like, that is wow. a fridge. Like, it's a fridge. <laughs> You know, I pick one, but but I think, but again, my work was not that. My work was to be his daughter. Now he has found mm-hmm. a a surrogate son, so to speak, mm-hmm. that he can be these things with. I know the way he is with even my other sisters' husbands. I know how he is with my brother. Mm-hmm. My work is not to be those people. My work is to be myself truly, and mm-hmm. he will be the father he can be to me. And then he will get all these other things from other people all around the world and all around him so I, I don't really disturb myself or like stress myself too much about this responsibility thing because again i've paid my own dues <laughs> nobody can say <laughs> i haven't done what I'm, i was supposed to do but now i just choose joy i choose joy i choose to be in community and have my community be there for me i mean, you need to let people in so that they can do if you don't let people do how are they going to do how are they going to show yeah. you that they yeah. love you i have i have friends that are just like oh also all sorts of things like well, i know one of um my sister's husband's friends so you can imagine the the connection meets right. my dad and now anytime my dad is in la he has like two golf like rounds ready Madness. for him like, 
they're going to go and they must go play golf. And that's just the thing. And that is not my, my work is not to play golf. I have, look, my father is a golf fanatic. Like mm-hmm. my dad plays golf maybe four times a week. Like no joke. Wow. And he's been doing this for the past, since I was in SS1 maybe. So that's like 25, 30 years my dad's been playing golf. My dad is a, that is his life. Like he has mm-hmm. golf buddies. Like they go on holidays together to play golf. Like my dad is really into golf. But none of his kids is into it. Like everybody has tried. We'll go, we'll sleep up on the golf course. My brother even tried. I know he's trying, but it's not his thing. But right. my father has found that with one of his friends, his son-in-law's friends. And that is a beautiful mm. thing because we're not supposed to do everything ourselves. We're not supposed to be everything to everybody. We just have to be ourselves right. and let everybody else find where they are going to like you know balance and rest I, I just don't i just don't let that be a driving force for me i just i'm tired like how me too i'm a baby girl now me too i'm somebody's child yeah daddy how are you doing what are you doing for me oh yeah come on that's what i you know that's what it is and the funny even my dad told me he was like one time he was like because i was going there was some stuff happening and he was like says don't be like me take the help and i was like whoa you can say i said you know say less Going forward, I'll be sending you. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, so it's just, I mean, you don't know. And this is my dad that literally, I know when I came back from university in the UK, he literally said, when I came back to Nigeria, he said to me one day, he just called me. Because I think I was saying, oh, I'm going to do like some course or something. So he just called me one evening after work. He was like, okay, so, so I sent you to school. I bought you a car. Nobody can say I haven't tried. Going forward, you're on your own. You know, you're, you're good. I was like, okay. I mean, it, by the way, not like I see my dad was like a lao lao spender that used to give us money for Dior and Chanel or anything. It was just like, I was like, ah. it was like, yeah, you know, nobody, he literally said, nobody can say I haven't tried. I will not forget, like, I think maybe months later, I had to apply for a UK visa. A mm-hmm. UK visa, that is a serious thing. My, and I called my dad, oh, so I get a letter. I said, no, this is rude. Can you not? You know, like again, you're in Nigeria. Well, you're, I think you're, you have like dual citizenship, right? But yeah. as a Nigerian in Nigeria, you know what this visa while is not. You don't go there playing. And my dad said, no, apply by yourself. Wow. I was, I was 22. I'm like, what? And this is me. I had NYC money. I didn't have anything. And dad said, apply. I, I'm, he's not writing a letter for me that I'm on my own. I was like, okay. And truly, I applied. And miracle, not the tired Jesus, because like, I, yes. I was like, wow. And I was like. So I said, you're a big girl. I bought my flight. I went. No, no. These are the things that make you grow up. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just going to be there, like, faffing around, you know, daddy would do. But my dad just like, yeah, I have tried. Nobody can say I haven't tried for you. I've tried. I know even one of my aunties was saying, oh, maybe you should try to get, like, someone to come and pick you up from the house. I'm like, my dad, you know, because he doesn't, you know, even, just like, okay, is that what you want to be doing? Don't be doing that now. Should we? Let's see how far it will take you. So, he just wasn't that guy. And now, you know, 10, 15 years later, he's like, you know what? Ah, no, don't worry. Now I'm going to do this. And, you know, he'll say, I'm just like, whoa, me, daddy? Wow. Like, this is new. This was never the thing. So, again, time. Time also opens up new things, brings up new things, you know, and all of that. So, at the end of the day, I just divested from anything that is hard. Like, I'm not going to carry any unnecessary pressure or responsibility. Why? Why? Like, what does it, who does it benefit? So that I can raise shoulder and say that, oh, I did it all by myself. No, I want my story to be rich. I want to say, oh, so when I woke up in the morning, I actually called one of my friends and she sent me breakfast. Then mm. the other one sent their driver to take me shopping. That, that's the life me I want to be Everybody should be doing what they want to do for me. I'm into enjoyment and I'm receiving. And I'm into abundance. So please, Man. everyone should be doing and doing for me. And I want to take it. I'm going to accept it. 
I totally love it. I have one, just one final question for you. One thing that, well, you can't see her, but she loves her caftans. Like she loves it. (laughs) And so tell me your favorite caftan maker from Nigeria. I don't know if you can say one, but like. (laughs) Wow. I know, I know you're not just like giving free publicity to all these brands, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, my favorite ones are Dialab. They're made by Jokel Ladeja. I think mm-hmm. everyone knows her as Rookie, but we went to secondary school together. Um, nice. She's, like, she's I, honestly, genuinely, I think one of the most talented people in the world. Like, she's a great runner. She was a great runner. Like, she used to run, like, for my school. Even We went to the same university. She used to even run wow. at university, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think she was that into running or whatever. But she's very creative. Mm-hmm. And she's done a couple yeah. of brands over the years. And now her latest thing is Dialabs. And I like them because they're colorful. They're fun. You can throw them on. Again, ease. Like anything that requires zipping. Why? Like I guys want to zip it up for me. I don't want to do that. Like all these waist trainers. For what? Never. Like eat very, very well. They're pockets. You know, they're colorful. You see them, you're happy. I'm just like, yeah, win-win. I love them. We love them, love them. Another brand that I buy things from is also... I think Aralia, Aralia by nature. So I think that's what they're called like on Instagram. But again, they also do a lot of like resort wear. So I like happy, simple things like just throw on. I mean, my, my vision is to dress like an architect. I always say this, like to just have monochrome. And I'm kind of going there. I'm already kind of there for work. I'm just like, I have T-shirts, I have trousers, like monochrome and then simple, interesting shoes. It's not like Mark Zuckerberg, like he has the same white yeah, shirt. But... I, I, I'm very towards that because I can understand it because I really, again, I, I went from, I mean, there was a time in my life I was a fashion stylist, if you can believe it. Mm. Um, and and I, I'm, oh, I've always liked fashion and things like that, but I like quirky things. But then I also really like simple, like there's nothing I love more than a clean white t-shirt. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Like it's so, like I just wear like, I, I, wear, I wear them as much as I can. I so it's like between when I'm resting and relaxing, I just want to throw on a caftan. If I'm going to work, I want to throw on like a simple t-shirt, simple pants, interesting shoes, and go. And that's yeah. that's the end. That's awesome. We I don't even know if we answered half of the question or we got to half of the questions I, know, I wanted to ask. Anything is but this has been no, no, this <laughs> has been awesome. I just like you like you said, just having a conversation and learning more and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to learn a lot. So I appreciate You're your time. Very kind, very kind, Vicky. Thank you. <laughs> but before you go, you get to ask me one question. You know, I was thinking about this and I honestly <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't find a question. <laughs> I couldn't find a question. And because the questions I have I think are very personal like i'm very you know i'm the biggest fan of your brother like so even this thing you're saying this thing you're saying about like siblings like one of my sisters accused me of like using her for her friends and i'm like what is the work god has brought you to my life for now for me to i know that's right i know that's right no but you can ask personal questions no problem i keep it very vulnerable okay 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 so maybe (laughs) maybe what i'm curious about is that what is it like being the big sister to a brother like Ife, who is, mm. in my opinion, one of the best guys in the world. Like I said, <laughs> I love Ife. So Ife is my sister's friend, and he has right. become my friend. So right. like, right. Now me and Buki are friends, so we're now. I love the entire circle. When we grow right. up and we're old, our children will be like, we're cousins. Good. You're right. We're cousins. That's not the way. Right. But yeah, no. like, Ife is also is very different from Buki. Like, right. Ife is just Ife. I can't, I can't describe it. Ife is wise. Like, he's wisdom personified. <laughs> His yeah. passion, 
he's right. assured, like he's right. incredibly like sure of his purpose in life. Right. And he's, right. he's fun. His fun is still, he can still crack some jokes, but he's very... He's one of the funniest like, people in the house. Honestly, he calms my soul. I like the way I feel mm-hmm. when I'm around Ife, for sure. Yeah. And I think him being, because sometimes like, he calls me sis. I'm like, bruv. We're bros, like I know we call me big sisters. Like I, I feel, I feel like I'm one of the youths, you know. I'm with everybody. But what is it like being a first uh-huh. sister? Like if that is so, like if and you that you're obviously you guys are very, very, very different. Again, another one of those same mother, same father. Yes, right. Same mother, right. Same father. What is it like being his big sister, and how has that changed since oh, the university and now? Yeah. No, I think that's a good question. It's funny. We're four, or at least four for my mom. And we're all very, very different. Like, we are stockingly different, and it's actually scary. The closest is maybe me and my sister, the last born. But otherwise, we're stockingly different, and it's crazy. And it's funny because, you know, as the only boy to three girls, I think, you know, we always kind of... And my brother, he didn't like sports. His thing was just always movies. He tries to stop now because he wants yeah. to focus on God at work. But like, you know, his thing was only always movies. He wasn't really into music as I was, for example. But he, you know, he's like, I always say he, he and my uh, other sister, the lawyer, Motalani, they are the uh, white people of the house. They loved all those kind of like <laughs> pop and things like that. Me, I was a rap head. You yeah. know, I loved sports. I'm the one that would, you know, argue with my dad, that kind of thing. He, meanwhile, he's just like, can you just ignore? And I'm like, no, I can't ignore. But I think it was... Wisdom. Right. It I think was. for me, it was always he's always just been my brother. Like, you know, it, it's one of those things where, okay, so for example, I always say this thing. He was going, he went to school in Adolphi and he, you know, went to school with a whole bunch of, well, the first two years, he, you know, I always say Adolphi, like for some reason, took a lot of Nigerians or a lot of Africans and took a lot of boys more than girls. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but you know, they have all this, like, and I'm still friends with most of them today as well. But, like, they're playing. And I'm like, sir, which, which school fees money that we don't have? Oh, yeah, 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 I'll be coming to Michigan. So that's how I, you know, influenced my dad and everybody. And he's like, oh, come to Michigan. And that's how we met Omoye and all, and all of that. But I really see how that also, like, you know, helped put him into the trajectory of where he needed to be. He found some focus. He found what he yeah, loved. focus, stop it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe and that's, you. That's the difference I between don't, you need teenage youth. You, uh, you need receipts for that one. I don't believe you. Teenage, Never. The boy used to wear hoes and curtains in Jan in America, not Jan. He used to wear packet shirts in in America. Yeah, but, wow. but but that, but that's my dad. My dad. My dad was very very about how we dressed. <laughs> very very much about how we dressed and so like you know i think from a young age he you know he's gotten into that kind of like wearing a shirt proper and everything like that but i think like you know and he wasn't i mean he wasn't like oh he was just playing around but it's just it's different right i think sometimes just change of environment and he really got this he got into the space where he was trying to, you know, like all, we all do, trying to find himself or whatever, you know, and he will always say, like, he made a little bit of mistakes there. I don't, I don't see it as much, as much as, you know, just trying to figure out yourself. But then mm-hmm. he, he figured it out. He got into the career that he wanted, met, you know, like certain people. And I think it helped. Like all the people he met in Michigan are still some of his closest, you know, partners mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. One of them eventually became his business partner. So I think that, you know, 
I've had the privilege of seeing him change and grow and try different things and be different people. He, he, he was the valedictorian, but my brother hated public speaking. Now he can. <laughs> now he can. And in fact, part of it was really just something like his partner was going to go to, was supposed to go for the event. He couldn't make it. And my brother was the one that ended up going for the event. And then all of a sudden, my brother has become a public speaker. Like my brother mm-hmm. could not like stand in front of people to talk. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to see all of that. I think I'm, you know, I'm very proud. I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's now, a, he's now, a, I was going to say a father, but I'm speaking it into his existence. Amen. But he's now a husband, you know. And I think for me, he's the one I, like you were saying about family, he's the one I'm just sometimes like, okay. I can't deal with this. Now it's your turn. <laughs> no longer, like you said, first one. Yeah. But we share a lot of friends. It's, it's, I think that's the one thing I've always liked about my family. It, it doesn't matter who met who. Mm. All of a sudden, that person becomes that person's friend on their own. Or like you said, mm. we take the whole family. Like my yes. best friend yes. in London, for example, the entire family. <laughs> like it's, and, and it's, and you see it in multiple, multiple iterations. We don't just mm. take the one. We'll take, because, you know, I guess the age differences. So then yeah. there'll be one that is my mate. There'll be one that is my brother's mate. There'll yeah. be one that's the, you know, the sisters, the last two sisters' mates or whatever. And so it's it's just, I don't know. I, I love my brother. I'm very biased, like you said. I think everybody says this about him. Obviously, I'm like, I can still recall all the many times he was naughty. And like you said, unfocused. And like, you know, when you were saying, oh, he was never unfocused. Yes, he was. Uh, but, but you know my brother can cook for example because there was nobody like playing games like you had to learn to cook and stuff like that and I think obviously he's had different relationships with each of the sisters I I was always the first one like mm-hmm. just that's that that place so it was kind of it was kind of different compared to my other sisters where he is like the big brother too and so they have a kind of different relationship as well mm-hmm. but he he sent me a very amazing message a year or two ago that that you know that made me cry just saying something nice about you know me being his sister and honestly first of all texted his wife I'm like it was you and she's like no actually he says it all the time to me and I was like have you ever say, said this to her? And so he sent me that message and I don't even know if I saved it, but I cried. Cha. I really, I really, really, Aww. really, really cried. It was, it was amazing. So I'm grateful for him, grateful for his life, happy for the journey that he's on. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But anywho, thank you. Thank you so much. This was amazing. And thank you so much, Vicky. This was really good also. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. Just like you would share with friends about a great book you read, Don't forget to share this if you enjoyed it. Connect with us on IG and Twitter at TWWPCast and get details on the website at worldwithoutpeople.org. And hey, remember to make loving others a story of your life. Until next time, this is the world without people.